Howdy, Green Rush Nation. Producer Shea Gunther here with a bit of programming news. Unfortunately, we do not have a regular episode of the Green Rush up this week, but the good news is that we do have an awesome replacement show with a recent episode of one of our sister podcasts, Weed Wonks, where hosts Jordan Wellington and Andrew Livingston speak with the Oregon Congressman Earl Blumenauer, who we've had the pleasure of speaking to a number of times now here on the Green Rush. We will be back with a full episode next week, but in the meantime, time, please enjoy this special crossover episode of the Weed Wonks, which you can find and listen to over at weedwonks.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weed Wonks, the podcast that dives deep into the nerdy details, the minutia, the ever fun silliness that is cannabis regulatory policy. And we do it all to help our fellow policy wonks, policymakers, regulators, business members, advocates, and the can of curious stay more informed about the changing landscape of cannabis laws and regulations. I'm your host, Jordan Wellington, partner at VS Strategies. And with us in the flesh, in the digital tubes, is Andrew Livingston, director of economics and research at Vicente Cedarburg. Thank you so much, Jordan. Today we have a very, very special guest uh, and a really awesome podcast that I, I'm very much looking forward to all of our audience getting the opportunity to listen to today. Um, today we have, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be our first Congress member on the Weed Wonks um, and really no one better to talk about cannabis policy than Representative Earl Blumenauer, who has been working on cannabis policy for decades at the federal level and then also in the state of Oregon. For those of you who don't know, Representative Blumenauer represents Oregon's third congressional district, which he's held since 1996. And before that time, uh, held points both at um, the Portland City Commission um, as well as the Oregon House of Representatives. And for many, many different um, politicians, You've got, you know, the voters tend to be ahead of their elected officials when it comes to cannabis. But this is one of the key um, exemptions to this because Representative Blumenauer has been advocating for cannabis legalization, for medical cannabis, for cannabis reform for far longer than uh, Jordan and I have even been alive um, and has been doing this work really um at the start of, of the reform movement uh, in, in the 1970s. And so I want to thank Representative Blumenauer. Thank you so much for coming on the Weed Wonks um, and um, really for, for speaking with our audience. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, it's been fun working with your firm, uh, uh, watching the progress taking place. Um, we're, this is a, a, a somber moment for those of us who care deeply uh, about cannabis reform as we mourn the, the loss of Steve Fox, who um, I have had uh, an opportunity to work with in various uh, conditions, uh, propositions. Uh, he uh, was a terrific force, a terrific human being. Um, and I'm, uh, I think it would be a fitting tribute to Steve if this would finally be the year that we get all our acts together and finally legalize uh, the reform effort that he contributed so much to get us to the point that we are today. 
Yeah, thank you for for sharing that. It certainly has been a hard week for everybody in the VS family. Um, And we're going to do some other things in tribute to Steve. Uh, Steve is the only two-time guest on the Weed Wonks in our history. Um, And and he he got that uh, distinction a couple months ago. And so we certainly miss him tremendously, um, but completely agree that um, you know, this is the year we might get our acts together. I think that's the perfect way to, to do it. And what some of it, what, what we want to talk about today is all the different acts that we actually have to get together and all the different people and perspectives that we have to get together and the issues that need to be resolved from uh, interstate commerce to legacy markets to uh, expungement to all of the different aspects of, of cannabis reform and, and how we're going to put all those puzzles together. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're going to have to do it uh, without Steve, um, but we do get to do it in honor of him and all of the things that we do in the future. So thank you for sharing your, your kind words about him. We really appreciate it. Well, uh, this is uh, our moment uh, that Steve uh, labored so hard to get us to. Um, I, as you mentioned at the top, I have been doing this for decades. I was in the Oregon legislature as a child state representative when Oregon was the first state to decriminalize cannabis. Uh, And I've been pleased to work in this space ever since uh, at local government, state government, uh, and for the last 25 years in Congress. Um, And we are watching the culmination of these efforts. Um, We've never been in a stronger position. As you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at an industry that is rapidly maturing and a movement that has been driven primarily by advocates, by citizens, by the industry. Um, I have been working on this forever, coast to coast, uh, from Bangor, Maine to Santa Barbara. Um, uh, We haven't actually seen many politicians on the front lines, but that is starting to change. Um, As we're recording this, it looks as though we're going to be able to put our Safe Banking Act back on the floor in the House this next week, where I fully expect that it will pass again. And we have an excellent opportunity to pass it in the Senate. Uh, The Safe Banking Act is one of the foundational issues uh, that we uh, uh, were able to advance in the last Congress and are going to be key to our being able to finally get this issue across the finish line. The other two deal with cannabis research. It is absolutely insane that the federal government interferes with straight ahead cannabis research, constrains the activities, uh, limits uh, marijuana that legally can be used for cannabis research from one plantation in Mississippi. And I will say as somebody from Oregon, it's pretty inferior cannabis that they produce. Uh, and absolutely unnecessary restriction. Um, My research bill did pass late last Congress, and I think this is an area where there's some bipartisan uh, support, and it's something actually people who are opposed to legalization admit that it's a foundational building block, and we shouldn't be outsourcing cannabis research to Canada, Israel, Great Britain. Uh, We ought to be able to take advantage of it here in the United States. And the other major piece of legislation we had was the Moore Act. 
uh, passed with some bipartisan support, uh, which would completely legalize. Um, and we are teed up to move forward on that. Uh, last Congress, when we passed it and goes to the Senate, it, 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 it rested in Mitch McConnell's uh, hospice uh, legislative hospice program uh, where good house legislation went to die. Uh, that, that ward is quite full, as I understand it, too. Uh, well, this Congress is different because Indeed. those two critical Senate races in Georgia transformed the Congress. It is still in the Senate a 50-50 split, but Vice President Harris breaks the tie in favor of the Democrats. And so the work that we've done in the past is not going to be buried. And when it comes to cannabis, our three main champions for the Senate version of the Moore Act are Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, Cory Booker, who's been with this with money, chalk, and marbles uh, for as long as uh, I can remember, and Ron Wyden, uh, my Oregon senator, who's chair of the Senate Finance Committee. That's a pretty powerful lineup, and it indicates to me that we're going to get a fair shot in the Senate uh, when our time comes. Yeah, and I think the, the the first one that you mentioned, I think, is the Safe Banking Act. And, and I love how you described it as foundational, because one of the big complexities is how do you move legalization forward? Um, and, and there's concerns about different, different policies and things like that. But if even something as simple as safe banking, which isn't really the gold standard or, or really the goal is actually able to get through the house and the Senate, uh, to me, as a, as kind of someone who focuses mostly on state policy, I feel like that signals that future reform is possible, right? That lets people know that this is a safe issue, that, that more people, it's going to, it's going to be like moths to a flame. And is, what is your perspective on that? Like, why is that such an important step um, beyond the words on the page? Well, first and foremost, uh, the Safe Banking Act was the first time we had major legislation go through a legislative committee and be voted on on the floor of the House. I mean, that is huge. And we passed it with 321 votes. We had every single Democrat but one. We had 40% of the Republicans. It was broad, bipartisan, um, and it was the most powerful indicator that people are ready to get serious about cannabis policy and move forward. The Safe Banking Act, I think, is... Uh, important on, on several respects. First of all, it gives people an opportunity, a chance to demonstrate their support. Uh, furthermore, uh, it is uh, absolutely sort of the, the m minimal step that we can take. It makes absolutely no sense to require a state legal enterprise to be denied access to banking services. As I say, I've been working on this for decades. I've never met anybody in America who thinks there's any purpose served forcing state legal cannabis companies to pay their taxes with shopping bags and duffel bags full of $20 bills, uh, putting them at risk on a regular basis. Uh, we've made the case, and I think it's compelling, that this is, not allowing banking is an invitation for money laundering. It is an invitation for tax evasion. 
and certainly robbery and theft. We've seen an epidemic around the country as legalization takes hold, as more and more enterprises. I mean, we're this is going to be a $20 billion industry this year. And to have these enterprises on an all-cash basis is just a magnet for crooks and thugs. In my community, we've had over 100 robberies this last year, including uh, really scary circumstances. And, and there was a shooting that resulted in a death a few weeks ago. Um, it's time for this to move on. And I'm excited about how the coalition is coming together. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really interesting to see that there's so much bipartisan support. I mean, it's not only just from the um, the representatives um, on both the Democratic and the Republican side, but also from the stakeholders, right? You have a lot of the significant banking organizations lobbying in favor of the Safe Banking Act um, because they recognize, too, that you know, one, uh, they maybe want some more protections when it comes to serving cannabis businesses. But I think they also recognize that this is a this is a public health and safety issue. Um, and it also does actually mix a bit with COVID as well. And I know that's why there was some justification for including safe banking in some of the previous COVID uh, packages, because, you know, if, if you're physically handling cash and only paying in cash, well, that's a vector for for spreading the virus. And, you know, we want to be able to allow for for cashless payment mechanisms in order to to reduce some of that spread. Um, now, one of the things we've seen is, you know, some pushback here and there from some other progressive members um, on the House side about, OK, do we add in additional um, social equity or other aspects onto safe banking? What's kind of your opinion as it comes uh, to like incremental cannabis reform, but then also the broader, um, you know, the MORE Act? Should we be looking to add some of those policies that are in the MORE Act into the Safe Banking Act? Or should we be trying to just pass what we can first as a stepping stone to then broader reform? I think we are well served to be focused and be able to demonstrate the broad bipartisan support for the Safe Banking Act. Get that on the scoreboard. Rack up 300 or more votes uh, and build the momentum. The MORE Act has all of those elements that people care about. They care about restorative justice. That is a passion of mine. Uh, one of the reasons I've been involved with this and worked as hard, uh, because it's absolutely not fair the way that we have treated black and brown Americans uh, in terms of selective enforcement. I mean, we had, we had more arrests last year for cannabis than all violent crimes combined. And this is something that a majority of Americans now think should be completely legal. It has produced tragic consequences uh, in the intersection of law enforcement uh, and citizens. Um, it is absolutely unnecessary to go down this path. Uh, once we can fully uh, deal with the legalization, uh, it's it's an area where we can build that momentum, deal with restorative justice, deal with expungement, build the momentum and the base. But starting with safe banking, I think is it's an important marker, and it's a way for us to build momentum. Uh, even though we had a fabulously successful session last Congress, and we got all three of these bills that I mentioned passed, and I've been working on them for years, and I was excited. Uh, that they were passed, even if they didn't go any place in the Senate, uh, because 
I, I, this sim, not just symbolically, but being able to mobilize the forces and show what's possible. Uh, but now uh, we're in a, a situation where we have a broad base of support um, and it is, it is less controversial dealing, for example, with the restorative justice, dealing with the expungement, uh, dealing with opportunities to make sure that people of color, particularly black and brown Americans who paid the price for selective enforcement, uh, we've got an opportunity during these cries for justice that we see taking place and the trial that's taking place right now in Minneapolis, this would be, I think, a fitting symbol uh, of that we're serious and we're going to make progress. Um, and I, but I wouldn't hang it up. I try and put some things, uh, some victories on the board, uh, building momentum. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've always been a believer that I will take as much progress as you will give me today, and I will show up tomorrow after I put that in the bank and ask for more. And we're going to do it every single day until we get where we're trying to go. Uh, but that is part of progress. I mean, it's a, one of the bills we're working on this year in Colorado about, uh, you know, uh, record sealing. It doesn't go as far as I want it to, um, but we're sure as heck going to pass that bill this year. And then we're going to come back next year and we're going to do more. And we're going to come back the year after that and do more. Because if you don't bank those wins, you can't you can't ride the momentum. You've got to build it. And we, there, there are, I believe, there are members of Congress who know in their heart that this is the right thing to do but they need to know that the collective is okay with it, right? They need, they, they need the I, I, political cover is such a negative term and I don't want it to sound negative, but they need that confidence that this is the right thing to do, not just in their heart, but in their head and safe banking passing the Senate would do that. They, it would give them the confidence, not just in their heart and in their head. And that's so important. Um, the other bill that you mentioned uh, is the medical uh, act that you had worked on and that you had authored. And so can we talk a little bit about where that might fall within terms of, uh, potential for passage as we work through safe banking and move on to when we talk about banking the first win and moving on to the next one, that seems like that's the, the next one on the docket, it sounds like. Well, the, the research bill that we've been working on and, and in PAC, it's a bipartisan bill. My Republican sponsor doesn't even believe in medical marijuana. Uh, he's, he's a physician who's pretty hard headed about this. But Andy Harris agrees we need the research bill. We need to be able to answer these questions. Uh, so I think uh, that is a terrific opportunity to move this forward. And one thing doesn't need to divide us. It's another example of bringing people together and making uh, significant progress. And it is a symbol of legislation that is needed by the broader society. Um, you, you mentioned other interests that care about the Safe Banking Act. I mean, people who are involved with real estate, professional services, uh, who sell equipment, uh, they are at risk uh, if they're helping the state legal cannabis businesses um, and can risk losing bank accounts and having uh, funds frozen. Um, the research is huge. Right now, there are millions of Americans who are unemployed because they fail drug tests. And as you know, we don't have a good test for cannabis impairment. You know, you, it stays in the system for days and days, long after any effects uh, have dissipated. And this is a big deal for um, the, the trucking industry. Uh, uh, there are hundreds of thousands of people who drive. The, the companies 
want to know whether or not somebody's impaired. They want to be able to hire people uh, and they want to be able to keep them on the job and not have people working who are impaired. They support this research. Uh, these are examples of simple common sense things that we can do that will change the landscape um, for cannabis reform and unlock so many benefits. And I guess that's the thing that to me is most important uh, that we'll be able to move to expand access to medical marijuana. We'll be able to deal with the economic benefits. I mean, this is already a 20, it's gonna be a $20 billion industry. It's, we are gonna have uh, over a third of a million people working in it, um, giving them an opportunity to be able to function normally and to capitalize on new product development, new economic opportunities, and healthcare benefits can be transformational for society. Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's really amazing how much I mean research has been done on cannabis, but still so much of that research has been focused on the negative um, health repercussions because so much of the uh, funding, but then also the supply of cannabis goes through NIDA, the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and they're really principally um, you know designed to to look at drugs of abuse and and look at the research of how this harms society. But there's so many other medical benefits of cannabis and there's so many other, um, I mean, beyond that, just agricultural benefits of cannabis that that have gone under research. But one of the things I want to highlight, Representative Blumenauer, that you said that I've never heard before, but I think is really, really interesting is that this medical research bill, this, this bill to expand uh, research you know, in cannabis across the country, is also a potentially a jobs program. Because we don't have a equivalent of a breathalyzer for cannabis, so many different companies and industries utilize pre-employment drug screening instead of what really should be done, which is intoxication-based drug screening. And because of that, you know, as you were mentioning, so many people are um, prevented from pursuing a career because they consumed cannabis two and a half weeks ago. And if instead we're able to transition from, you know, um, pre-employment drug screening that looks at, you know, essentially urine analysis to intoxication-based drug screening in the same way we have a breathalyzer for cannabis, we may be actually be able to save thousands and thousands of jobs uh, of individuals who won't ever show up to work impaired, but, you know, maybe on weekends consume a little bit cannabis recreationally. That's, that is a very important point, Andrew. And let me just elaborate, uh, because one of the things that people need to understand and why reform is, is slow and difficult is that we are reeling from 50 years of Richard Nixon's misguided, misdirected war on drugs. And over those years, so much has been woven into the system and billions of dollars spent on research about harms and phony studies, uh, very little dealing with the positive aspects and how to develop an industry. Um, and, and that's part, for example, of what's happened in the Biden White House. There were several people who were dismissed uh, actually, fewer people were dismissed than has happened in previous administrations because they're, because of the war on drugs and getting things baked into requirements, national security clearances, there are certain things that are on automatic pilot. 
Yeah. And that needs to stop. Uh, and that's part of what we will do with the MORE Act. Uh, we'll be able to be able to be more rational and deal with prying the dead hand of Richard Nixon and his pernicious, evil war on drugs uh, off the levers. It's been baked in. We've got to stop it. Um, and it has it's damaged a million black lives. It's had a huge impact on low income people, their housing, their education. I mean, we could go down the line, uh, but this is uh, this is one of the reasons that we have to get serious and get doing it quickly uh, is because how pervasive it is. But having said that, it's a it's an, an example of why it's going to take some time to unwind it because there are all variety of things that people don't know about where there have been laws and regulations and practices, uh, and we've got to just uh, root that out uh, by uh, uh, across the board. Um, it's uh, it's 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 an urgent element that needs to needs to occur uh, very very quickly. Yeah, and I think then when you know from where we started when we talked about about Steve Fox and the impact he's had, I mean I think he's one of the the people that saw all of the things you're talking about, right? That, that cannabis prohibition is, is one of these issues that has octopus tentacles that undersees so many of the problems in our society and basic stuff like, I don't know, as an American citizen, I would like the absolute best people working at the national security administration. And if they'd like to smoke a joint on a Saturday night, I don't really care as long as they keep us safe but we're preventing the best people from holding those positions. We're preventing people from fulfilling their destiny to contribute to society the best that they can. And it's not one person, it's not two persons, it's millions and millions of people across generations. And when we talk about Nixon, we have to recognize that this isn't an accident, right? This was intentional. This was intentional behavior where they directed and wanted to disrupt communities of color, disrupt the anti-war left. And, and that's what this was all about. It was about war and violence perpetrated against the American people and across the globe. And so um, I, I love that we get to the Moore Act, which is really... The, the destiny in a lot of ways of where we're trying to go, right, is we want to fix banking, we want to fix um, the medical research so we can really understand this plant and how it impacts our lives. But what we have to do at the end of the day where we want to go is the MORE Act. And so... Um, let, me, let me just interrupt you just for a moment because oh, there's please. another piece that uh, is important uh, in terms of the, the testing. I mean, we don't want anybody uh, operating heavy equipment who's impaired but we ought to have a decent test for that. Uh, but one of the things that gets lost in this discussion, there are 4 million Americans who rely on medical cannabis to be able to lead normal lives. Uh, it, it has been transformative for children with extreme uh, seizure disorders, uh, people who are uh, dealing with chemotherapy and the, the cannabis gives them the opportunity to eat. It, it, it deals with uh, veterans who suffer from PTSD or traumatic brain injury. This is a big deal in terms of allowing it to be the mainstream. And the more that medical cannabis becomes mainstream, it has the potential to improve the quality of life in things that are less uh, disruptive, addictive, and negative than opioids. Uh, it's cheaper. Uh, you know, what's not to like about being able to integrate this into the practice of medicine? 
Absolutely. And, and really help people. I mean, I think that that's at its core what cannabis reform is, is it's a movement to help people. It's a movement to help sick people. It's a movement to end the punishment of people. It's a movement to help people understand that cannabis is safer than alcohol. Um, and and our, our society is literally structured to encourage people to use a more dangerous drug, a drug that leads to more violence. And it's not to denigrate alcohol or alcohol consumers. It, it, it's about freedom of choice and educating people, right? At the core, that's what research is, is we want Americans to be able to make smart decisions about their health and their family and their life. And if we don't give them the best information, then it's not possible to make the best decision. Um, and that's why it's so critical that we we research all of these things, not just the negative aspects and the positive aspects, but who's actually impaired and what does that actually mean and how does that affect you so that I can make good decisions as a parent, so I can make good decisions as a worker and as a community member. You know, that's one of the reasons that we are making such phenomenal progress. I mean, you think about what's happened uh, in the last six months. We had six ballot measures, Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, uh, South Dakota, Mississippi, and in South Dakota, they had both uh, a medical and an adult use. Um, they all passed uh, between, you know, like 54 to 74% uh, approval by the voters. Voters understand this. Voters have been susceptible uh, it may not be scientific uh, for the uh, the uh, federal bureaucracy, but the evidence is pretty compelling and people have bought into it. And then more recently, we've seen three states already in 2021 that have passed very important legalization legislatively. Uh, New York finally uh, came to grips. This has been lingering for years. I've been traveling there. I've met with people. It's been so slow uh, to be able to roll out. And now, uh, in part because I guess Cuomo got his wings clipped, uh, but uh, they're on the path to full legalization. In Virginia, Governor Northrop took a bill that wasn't going to take effect for two and a half years and said, no, uh, we're, we're going live this summer. Uh, and then in New Mexico, uh, Michelle Grisham, uh, Lujan Grisham, who was my former colleague in the House, who was a great ally on this, uh, just laid down the law in, uh, in uh, New Mexico for legislating adult use. So the train has left the station. We're watching this progress, and we're seeing that the public understands and is amazingly supportive. And, and one of the really awesome things I, I want to point out about uh, both Virginia and New Mexico is that we're starting to see other elected officials not just like reluctantly sign cannabis legalization, but take the extra step to like make it good and to, uh, you know, make, you know, improve the bill and, and to see that it passed. So, you know, as you mentioned in Virginia, governor there you know, said, mm, the bill you put on my desk is too restrictive. I want to, you know, put in more labor protections. I want to put in uh, more, ex you know, expungent, um, you know, put in uh, some more money for um, uh, ensuring that, you know, cannabis use is done safely. But most importantly, you know, not wait two and a half years, continuing to criminalize particularly communities of color in Virginia. 
Um, and so that was really awesome to see the governor do that. And, and in New Mexico, the bill wasn't going to pass. They ran out of time in the legislature. And, you know, being a governor, you have the ability to say, I'm going to institute a special session. And, and Governor Grisham did exactly that and said, this is a special session so that we can make sure we pass cannabis reform. And she succeeded. And it's just really awesome that we have um, not just governors in favor of cannabis reform, but, but governors that will go that extra mile to ensure that it, it passes this year rather than waiting another session. Well, that's, that is a, a very profound point. And I think it's appropriate to maybe conclude on the perspective of where we go from here. Because we passed these through the House last time, uh, but uh, a number of the people who voted for it in the prior Congress aren't back. Uh, and it's a narrowly divided House and a narrowly divided Senate. Uh, I'm convinced that if people listen to the public based on what happened uh, in the last six months, uh, we have an excellent chance. But we need uh, your listeners uh, to get serious with your representatives. Take nobody for granted. Make sure that we're reaching out to share the opportunities and the problems if we don't go forward. This is a unique period for what is likely to be the most consequential Congress in history. It started with the riot and almost overthrowing the Democratic election. Uh, there's been some deep divisions, some big things have happened. Uh, we're going to need the public to provide some uh, incentive and some support for the House and the Senate to step forward. There's so much on the agenda, uh, dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with infrastructure, dealing with child poverty. There's a, a wide array of things. We need to make sure that cannabis gets its day in the sun, and we need your listeners to add their voices to make sure that we take advantage of this special moment. And, and I think that journey, as you mentioned previously, starts next week, right? And I, I think a lot of people don't realize it, and we're going to make sure this show gets up right away, because folks don't realize, uh, as you mentioned previously, and I want to double down and highlight, uh, the Safe Banking Act is going to the House floor next week. Um, which is kind of amazing uh, that we're moving so quickly through uh, these issues and that we are having an opportunity to be highlighting the critical importance of this. And I think that, you know, we need everybody to reach out to their representatives um, and ensure that they vote in, in the right direction on this and understand that this is, you know, this, this is an issue that, that is, this isn't about just cannabis and cannabis consumption. This is an issue that impacts society in a way that people don't realize, you know, they, 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 they just scoff at the impact and what they don't realize is it, it, it harms so many people and has so many micro infractions and, and harms on society. And these things need everybody to come together and recognize that they need to move forward. So, um, you know, that's a profound observation, Jordan. I mean, it is, it is so important that people who have been working on this for decades, you know, I would like to say in the, in the memory of Steve Fox, uh, this is the time to put the pieces together. This is the time for individuals to be able to make their case about why this is important for social justice, for healthcare, for economics, for civil liberties. Uh, this is an opportunity to knit together the disparate forces and be able once and for all to end the failed war uh, the prohibition on cannabis. And I think it's going to have very powerful spillover effects for racial justice, for 
corrections reform, for health care. Uh, this is the moment that so many of us have been working for. Um, and I, it's as you're, you're right that it starts next week, Jordan, but it's, it's something we need to continue on throughout the next 20 months to make sure we get as much progress in this amazing time as possible. Um, absolutely. And so we know uh, you have a very busy schedule and it is your responsibility to make so much tremendous change in so many aspects of, of our country. And we are really lucky to have representatives like you in D.C., even though I'm not from Oregon. I've got a lot of friends there uh, and I know that they're very lucky to have you just like um, we are lucky to have great folks like Joe Nagoose uh, coming from Colorado to help on these kinds of issues. Uh, in the House of Representatives. And so, um, you know, just to wrap up uh, so that you can get on uh, doing all of the important things that you do, um, I did want to ask kind of one question um, that is a good place to leave things, and that's simple. Um, if you were to just sum up, I guess, you know, what you would want your legacy to be on this issue or maybe who you think the future leaders are, because one day, you know, we're going to have to pass the baton. I do it all the time, and I, I always feel like training young people is the most important thing I do with my life. Um, and so that they can they can make an impact. And so if, if there was just a short sentiment you wanted to share for the folks who are going to have to do this in the future and continue to make the world a better place, what would you want to share with them? What would be your guidance? My goal would be that people do their job this Congress so that people can move on to something else and not have to deal with cannabis reform, civil liberties, drug policy, uh, that it becomes rational. And I think this is uh, an opportunity for us to do that. So we don't have to have somebody do what I've been doing and others have been doing. Uh, I think this is the time that we can finally have a victory that allow us to move on to other issues because heaven knows there's a lot that we need to do. Thank you, Representative Blumenauer. Um, it's really, really insightful to you know, hear you speak on this. Um, you know, I, I personally, and I know Jordan and I as well, have looked up to you and, and the work that you've done here for, for so many decades. Um, and I agree. I, I hope that we are able to close the chapter on uh, Richard Nixon's shameful war on drugs once and for all and, and get on to you know, passing legislation um, that's going to build society, improve society, rather than just trying to strip away some of the harms that have been imposed on, upon us for so long. So I want to thank you so much uh, for joining the Weed Wonks, for having having you on the podcast. And, um, yep, wish everyone a, uh, a, a really, really uh, great rest of the week. And I'll, I'll pass it over to Jordan to close off the show. And get ready for 420. This year we'll have some stuff to celebrate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As things are opening up, you know, ah, hopefully, you know, we might, we might end up having to celebrate 420 in July, but, you know, I'm fine with celebrating it twice. I, I, I was I will celebrate uh, Representative Blumenauer. I'll just say thank you, um, not just for coming on the show, but for everything you do. Um, my my family and my life is more secure and more safe uh, because of the work that you've done over the course of your career. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate all of that. So, um, thank you for everything that you do and you contribute to society because we're all better off for having you fighting this fight on our behalf. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right. And with that, we'll just say, stay nerdy, everybody. All right, Shay, make the magic.